www.ghostbusters.org. Hello, everyone, and welcome to SWAT Radio here on Tuesday, September 26th. I'm David Grace sitting in, I guess, today for Brad Sykes, along with my good friend Doug McCary. And we are glad, as always, that you are with us. If you have a question or a comment as we go through the program today, give us a call at 844-777-7928. And, uh, Doug, it's it's been a little while since I've been in here with you. Yeah, it good has to be been, here. It, it has been a while. I'm glad you're here. You were supposed to be here yesterday, but uh, well, Craig filled in. I was going to say you, it was in capable hands with our friend Craig. Craig did a great job. He always does, and uh, it's good to be able to catch up uh, with him uh, a little while. And um, but I'm always I'm always glad to have my Seinfeld sidekick in here, man, because uh, we'll, we'll have a bunch of Seinfeld references, a show about nothing. Right? A show about nothing that really was not about nothing. It was about everyday things. It was. <laughs> but, you know, that, that is so funny. That program, uh, that TV show, it really uh, highlighted the human condition. Oh, it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I, you know, and I won't go off on a tangerine, a tangerine here, as my father says, but uh, my wife's been out of town caring for her mom for a long time, since mid-August. One of the things I do when I'm home alone like that, when I go to bed, is I'll throw a Seinfeld DVD in, and I enjoy watching the interviews and yeah. the behind-the-scenes stuff with how they came up with ideas. And Jason Alexander, who played George, of course, made the comment, nobody could get at the everyday nuances and and the agony that people go through in their own minds over stupid things like Larry David yeah. right who really created the show with Jerry and 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 all that stuff came out and it had never been on a TV show before but people would say oh that happens to me that happens to me i can relate to that and that's what made it so funny that they took those everyday things and just twisted it enough to make it really funny so oh yeah anyway. i mean but there was so much reality uh everything oh, yeah. from waiting in line at a chinese restaurant yeah. to five minutes you know it'll be five minutes and the five minutes is eternal that's right you know that's right and then other people go in in front of you and you're like what's going on yeah. I, but it's it really highlights the selfishness <laughs> and the, the self-centeredness absolutely because that they were all always vying for self correct right? correct yep and so anyway yep uh, it is good to have you in here, as always, and uh, we're going to be jumping into Mark. But uh, if you're just tuning into SWAT, usually uh, the first segment we jump into things going on in our culture. And I have to tell you, you know, if you would have told uh, our founding fathers or even people back in the 30s and 40s, hey, you know what? Um there's going to come a time in in our country where our government is actually going to uh, confirm that men can get pregnant, even though it's a biological impossibility, um, and they're going to not refer to women as mothers anymore. They're just going to be people who get pregnant, dehumanize them. And, you know, that, that whole thing that I don't know if you saw the department of veterans affairs now has a, a video out that's instructing their staff to 
confirm to people that men can get pregnant and also encourages them to refer to preborn babies as embryos, not a baby, it's an embryo, a fetus, um, and, in, uh, um, you know, um, embryonic cardiac activity instead of a fetal heartbeat mm-hmm. or a baby's mm-hmm. heartbeat, mm-hmm. Uh, and to refer to the mother as a veteran or person yeah. who is pregnant. Well, like you said, anything to make it clinical, anything to dehumanize, mm-hmm. anything to desensitize, because it, that's, and, and of course that, that does not work. <laughs> it still is what it is, Yes, right? That doesn't work, but you get that kind of, language is a very important thing. And I've heard it said, right? If you control language in the culture, you control a lot of things, or you can attempt to control a lot of things. Yes. And they're trying to control this language so that it makes these horrific things that are happening seem palatable or seem normal. Yeah, and so how do we respond as Christians? Well, we do not affirm delusions. We don't affirm lies. Um, we we speak the truth. Mm. You know, um, men cannot get pregnant, plain and simple. Biological but- males have no ability to get impregnated and produce a baby. They can't. They Mm -hmm. don't produce an egg. Men produce sperm. That's the way God made it. He designed by design that men produce sperm. Uh, They can be trans. They can uh, go get all the hormones, and they can do that, but they ain't going to be producing no sperm because they don't have the DNA makeup to do it. Yeah, And so men can't get pregnant contrary to the department of veterans affairs which i'm a veteran shame on you veterans affairs Mm -hmm. uh for doing that i I remember years ago hearing i used to listen to chuck colson a lot and um i remember chuck colson was involved in watergate he was part of nixon's cabinet uh corrupt right became a believer uh had a great prison ministry and and was on the radio with his programs and just such a he became a great teacher and thoughtful guy and anyway I, I remember him talking about this way ahead of all this of course this was probably what 35 40 years ago uh-huh or, or I probably heard it a little less than that but and he was talking about truth mm-hmm. and he was saying you can say things that aren't true to try to make yourself or others believe that it's true he said you can say it all you want and you can be zealous for it, mm-hmm. but it doesn't make it true. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I remember, I don't know why he used this example, but it just stuck with me. And maybe that's why he used it. He said, you can believe all you want that you're a can of Diet Coke, right? You can believe it as to the core of your being. It doesn't make it true. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, a humorous way of a lighter way of seeing what's going on here. It's become so ingrained in the culture and and the language that we just talked about. Yeah. And people believe that if they say it enough or use phrases like, well, it's true for me or it's my truth and use phrases like that enough that eventually it becomes true and people, people really believe that it's true, but it's, but God is, but don't you think that's part of their strategy is to get it indoctrinated everywhere you turn? Absolutely. Absolutely. And we've seen it throughout history, seen it throughout history, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, but 
our response as believers, it's not loving to affirm a delusion. Mm. It's not loving to do that. Yeah. Uh, we, we have to stand for truth. We have to be people who will be willing to say, well, no, that's not true. Men can't get pregnant. Yeah. Now, if, if you're saying it's somebody who wants to be a man, uh, you could say that, but you can't say that men get pregnant because men can't get pregnant. Right. That's a biological impossibility. Yeah. Males have no ability to do that. Yeah. And so. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this article. I had, I think I had sent it to you and Craig, but I, I was taken by it the other day. I don't know who this guy is exactly, but there's a British Anglican pastor who's conservative. His name is Calvin Robinson. And this was an article I read the other day that. And the title of the article is Anglican minister slams progressive Christians as fake and calls notion an oxymoron. And a lot of this stuff that we're talking about, he talks about in this article. And he says he felt that progressive Christianity and and warned that liberalism is the greatest current threat to the Western church. Wow. And it's a very good article. And he talks about this whole issue, you know, of, of transgenderism and all that. And he says, he says, it's fake. Hmm. It's the word he keeps using. It's 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 fake men and fake women, and it reminds me going back maybe a year now. I don't know if you remember this. We saw an interview or a, an article about a about a middle school science teacher talking to trans activists on a talk show, mm-hmm. and he said to them, "Look, I don't hate you, and I don't have a beef with you." If he said, "If you want to pretend to be a woman or pretend to be a man, that's fine. That's up to you, but don't." Tell me that I have to affirm that you are truly a man or a woman in that instance. Yes, and that's really what this article is about. I, if you want to look it up, if you if you search, you know, uh, Calvin Robinson or conservative Anglican ministry, I'm sure you'll find the article. But it's very good, and it's speaking to a lot of these things. You don't necessarily think of an Anglican minister as somebody who's going to speak out on those issues, but God's got remnant everywhere yeah and i i did see that article and you know the the thing is i'm glad that um that people are starting to do that and i think uh, you're going to see that more and more because it's 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 literally just absurd it really is absurd when you when you have the federal government who is really defying science defying the the biological science that's out there i mean it's not even a matter of just the morality of it it's we're talking just the biological truth that that it's it's not biologically true yeah and so when when we start getting to that place we're in a bad way yeah and again i don't want to make it this simple but maybe it is (laughs) It always reminds me of the fable or the story of the emperor's new clothes. If you <laughs> yeah. if you remember that about there's the a em- good Disney movie you can watch yeah. about it too. <laughs> the emperor's new clothes, right? He's walking around with no clothes and telling everybody how great his clothes are. If I remember the story correctly, and nobody wants to go against him, mm-hmm. everybody's afraid. And and you know, similar to the way a culture would impress its ideas, right? Until finally, a little kid says he doesn't have any clothes, mm-hmm. right? And and that's what's going on here. It is absurd. But but the pressure in the culture and the pressure from people pushing this on individuals is, is great. Yeah. And people don't want to speak out. 
They don't. And and even the church has been very silent because we've been told by some people that it's more loving to just affirm these delusions yeah. and it's not or yeah. or a misunderstanding of don't judge lest ye be judged right that doesn't mean don't judge issues no it, it means don't judge hypocritically yeah it, it means it, don't look down on these people as being unredeemable correct and uh, it, right and it, it's talking about right it's not it's talking about judging issues mm-hmm. not being judgmental necessarily over people in in a way that you just described looking down your nose or being hypocritical we're to love people but to your point is it is it loving to as you put it affirm a delusion or is it loving which may make somebody feel better for a what what's what's making someone feel better for a few years compared with eternity Mm. (laughs) well you know um i i I just I think our we've lost all respect for institutions. We've lost respect for, you know, who who re- do you really believe the CDC? Anything they put out now? I mean, really, mm-hmm. if they if they put out something, we we tend to question it now. Um, and and when they start getting into the whole uh, uh, this kind of political stuff, this ideology of the progressive. Uh, movement to change <laughs> truth you know even the national national institute of health says it's okay to use term chest feeding and body feeding instead of breastfeeding hmm. what is that like what does that even mean like yeah. why why would you do that it, they say to be more inclusive mm-hmm. well um it, it, it's it's really furthering the delusion yep. i don't want to buy into it i don't know about you <laughs> i do not Uh, We're going to take our first break on SWAT Radio. Give us a call if you have a question or a comment at 844-777-7928. And we'll be right back to delve into the Gospel of Mark. Stay with us. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is underwritten in part by The Guardian Group. You know Brad Sykes as co-host of SWAT Radio. While Brad is committed to making disciples both on and off the air, his ministry extends into the marketplace as a licensed real estate agent with Keller Williams Southside. Brad and his wife Vicki are real estate agents in Northeast Florida. They are the founding partners of The Guardian Group. They help people buy, sell, and invest in real estate with offices near Butler and Southside Boulevards. 904-580-7255. That's 904-480-7255. And online at guardiangroupjacks.com. That's guardiangroupjacks.com. The Guardian Group. Happy to bring you SWAT Radio on the truth. 91 FM, the truth.
There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walked away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed for the good Lord. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Doug McCary, glad that you are with us. And we have been uh, talking about some things happening in the culture and our response to those things uh, here in the first segment, as we often do. But uh, we have started back up with our weekly SWAT Bible studies. We've been back for two weeks now and uh, have begun to get into uh, Doug's teaching on the Gospel of Mark. And uh, the first week was kind of an introduction to the Gospel. And then uh, this past week in SWAT at our various studies, uh, we... We had teaching on Mark chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. And I know you, you and Craig started to talk about that yesterday. And uh, our Thursday morning group that we kind of uh, rotate uh, the facilitation and teaching. And I say teaching, but we're using your notes. So. Yeah, no, that's okay. <laughs> Which is always nice to have. But, no, uh, it's good. But um, it was, it was uh, really good, really good. And Craig, Craig taught that last Thursday and uh, did a great job. Yeah, Craig uh, was great to have on yesterday. And, uh, hey, I wanted to let our listeners know uh, that um, this Thursday, Thursday, Lord gives me grief, Thursday, uh, anyway, uh, the uh, executive director for G3 um, is a guy named Virgil Walker. Virgil does a podcast with Daryl Harrison called Just Thinking. They wrote a book together. And... um, Anyway, Virgil is going to be my guest on Thursday to talk about, um, you know, the conference this year. They had 8,000 people up there, Mm. and it was on the sovereignty of God, and uh, he's going to be my guest Thursday. Uh, We'll talk about it because uh, they had a bomb threat while they were up there, actually. The guy claimed to have a, you know, bomb or whatever it was kind of weird mm. uh, but they ended up um just coming together in the lobby you know after and, and praying and because it kind of disrupted their time i mean can you imagine having eight thousand people mm. at there for an event yep. and having that going on but anyway virgil's always been a great guest for us he uh, like i said he uh, does a lot of thinking about the culture and and interacting with the culture and this year they did their G3. Uh, actually, yeah, he's the executive director of operations for G3. He's going to be uh, here with me to talk about what they heard at the conference, what they shared about the sovereignty of God, and just kind of what's been going on up there. So Virgil Walker on Thursday. Well, um, you know, we got into the exposition of Mark 1 last or this week, yesterday. Uh, looking specifically at the euangelion from verse one and uh, if you're just tuning in um, euangelion means gospel good news glad tidings it it, that that has carries those meanings and it really was a secular term and as mark starts his gospel off he starts with the beginning of the gospel the beginning of the euangelion um, and for the Jew, we, we went back to Isaiah 40 verses nine through 11 and Isaiah 52, seven to see that to the Jew, and we're not going to go back and rehash that you can listen to the program, but 
they would have understood the word good news or the gospel or euangelion to mean an announcement of the arrival of a king mm. or the ascent of a king. And specifically in the sense of the Jewish person, it was the arrival or the ascent of Messiah. And so, but for the Romans, it meant the same thing. And it was a secular term. It was not a spiritualized term. Um, and they found that, we said yesterday, on an inscription that dates back to 9 BC about Caesar Augustus. Mm. And specifically, it says, the birthday of the god Augustus is the beginning for the world of the euangelion that has come to men through him. And so uh, it, it means good news. So we saw that God reveals his good news through, first of all, the announcement or the message, right? That's the way he... He starts in Mark 1, but he also reveals the good news through his messengers, the people who actually give the message. And now he quotes, Mark quotes from Malachi and Isaiah in verses 2 and 3, and we're going to look at that today. And, you know, just one more quick thing uh, that I mentioned yesterday, if you're just tuning in, that the term euangelion was always well i say not always it's not always but most of the time in secular culture it was used plural mm. like there's lots of good news mm -hmm. in the bible it's always singular mm. and it's always referring to jesus to jesus jesus alone is the good news mm. he's the messiah and didn't it have the i'm sorry to interrupt didn't it have the connotation also i think i remember you talking about this before not only of the ascent of a king, but it was used in connection with like military victories. Yes. Well, there were three occasions that that term could be used. And and I, I gave this yesterday. Basically, when a city wanted to make a proclamation, a public announcement, euangelion was used in one of three instances. One, if a new king had arisen or born. Mm-hmm. Two, if a new king had been coronated. Or three, if a king had a great military victory. Those were the only yeah. three occasions that they could do that. And so the writers of the Bible knew what they were doing, especially in the New Testament, when they were using that term. What Mark is saying to Rome, hey, there's a new king. He is the the king that's the king of all kings. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what Mark starts off his gospel. Because remember, he's writing to Romans yeah. from Rome. And he is victorious, even though it's not a military victory in the way that they, especially the Jews, anticipated from Messiah. Yeah. It's a victory in a battle, the, the most important battle. It is. And, and so I think, you know, obviously the good news and the ascent of a king is the one that primarily applies, but I can see some application of the the victory as well. Yes, and we're going to get into some of that today when we look at Isaiah, when they talk about the king and what Mark is trying to get across. So again, there, this gospel is the first gospel that was written. It was written by John Mark, and um, it, it's just a very dynamic, action-packed, USA diversion kind of account of the gospel of Jesus, the good news of Jesus. And so we, we dove into verse one yesterday. I'm going to have you read verse one, two, and three today, David. Okay. All right. Let me do that. Uh, this book of Mark, gospel of Mark, chapter one, verses one to three. 
the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord and make his paths straight. May God bless the reading of his word. Yeah, these are the very words of God about his Messiah and about the messenger. And the messenger is one of the ways God reveals the good news. The messengers, plural, messengers in the terms of the Old Testament, the prophets, all the prophets from, you know, all the way through were pointing to Messiah. And it's interesting that he quotes in verse 2, or he identifies the quote as written in Isaiah, but he quotes from Malachi, and you go, well, why would he do that? Is that an error? Did he mess up? No. <laughs> Typically, some what, what, what Jewish people would do, they would, if they were quoting a prophet, and let's say they were quoting two prophets, they would combine those quotes and they would attribute it to the more prominent prophet, whoever was the greater influential prophet. And so in terms of prophetic writing in the Bible, in the Jewish Bible specifically, Isaiah was the most prolific writer. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, in fact, Isaiah is like a mini Bible, right? Um, If you look at Isaiah, there's how many uh, chapters in the total book? Well, I have the advantage of having been in the class. I don't know if I would have known this off the top of my head, but it is 66. And how many times have you read it and you never really yeah, caught ne- that? Yeah, never really noticed yeah. it. Yeah. But here's what's even more profound. The first 39 chapters deal with God's judgment. Mm. The second 27, or the last 27, deal with God's mercy and Messiah coming. Mm. So when you think about that, how many books in the Old Testament? 39 how many books in the New Testament? 27. So it's a little mini Bible. Mm-hmm. All yep. right. Yep. So isn't that crazy? I mean, that's really, uh, it, I thought that was an interesting insight. And I know this is t- time, for, uh, this is for another program, but there's also things like that with the genealogies, the number of years yeah. from like Abraham to to David to Jesus. It's There's some really interesting uh that aren't obviously coincidences, that no, were intentional. it's all providential, uh, uh, right? Intentional, that's well, right. Well, the, here's the thing. Isaiah, so Isaiah was attributed as the writer of this, um, as it is written, because he's the major prophet. And so Malachi 3, but Isaiah is the first prophet in the prophetic books. Malachi is the last. So Mark, as he's writing mm. this, starts with the first prophet, uh, and then goes all the way to the last prophet, all of them, and these are prophecies about the forerunner, about the Elijah who Mm -hmm. would come. You can't have Messiah without a herald. Back in that time, any time a king was coming, they had to have a herald go ahead of Mm -hmm. him. And so that's what he's doing. And so Malachi 3.1, by the way, Malachi means God's messenger. The word Malik means messenger. And so uh, Malachi 3.1 is basically what he's quoting about the forerunner who would go ahead and announce to the people and kind of prepare the way. They would go ahead and they would get rocks out of the way of the road, clear it, make it straight if it was messed Mm. up. 
and that's when they would do whenever a king would come and think of it like this as kind of a secret service advance team yeah going out preparing the way and so god says i'm gonna send my messenger to get your hearts ready this is what he's saying through malachi and remember malachi's words were the last words that were heard in the old testament the next voice you're going to hear is going to be the, the forerunner yeah, yeah. that the, the forerunner of the messiah king and when mm. we come back we'll come we'll kind of pick it up there okay All right. We're going to break uh, for the news here at the bottom of the hour. Our number is 844-777-7928. You have a question or a comment, and we hope you'll come back on SWAT Radio. He chauffeured his professor around as he spoke on a lecture tour. He'd heard the professor's lecture so many times he had it memorized. So the professor asked him to deliver the lecture at the next stop and the professor would play the role of the chauffeur. The student delivered the lecture perfectly but then someone asked a question about one of the scientific points in the lecture. The student replied, why you have asked a question so simple that even my chauffeur can answer it. The moral of the story, don't pretend to be someone you're not. Be who God made you. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover who God created you to be on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com and get your roadmap for life. That's Route66life.com. Route 66, start your journey home today. There's major delays because of a crash involving a truck on Butler Boulevard eastbound before the west end of the Intercoastal, blocking the left lane. And there's delays in Clay County because of a crash on Blanding Boulevard northbound at Constitution Drive, blocking all the lanes. Mostly cloudy tonight, low 73. Wednesday, showers and thunderstorms, high 82. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm AJ. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Doug McCary of His Light Ministries, and glad that you're with us. We are in the first chapter of Mark, uh, focusing today on verses 1 through 3, and we've been talking about the the euangelion. I, that's a Greek word, I assume, right? Yep, it is it Greek, is. Uh, that, which is uh, what we're the... And, I'm, and I know that you've mentioned before our word evangelize or evangelism or evangelical comes from that word, correct? Yes. And uh, and so we talked about that, about evangelist, it. The evangelist, the yeah. evangelist, the evangel is good news. Right, right. And so now we've been talking about the forerunner and, and, and Mark's uh, quoting of both Isaiah and Malachi in kind of a combined way in, here in the first few verses of Mark, uh, referring to the herald of Jesus the coming king. Yes, and we when we went to break, uh, we were talking about the messenger that Malachi talks about, the one who's going to go, the forerunner who would go in front of Messiah. See, here's the thing. that There were all the 
prophets, the messengers throughout the Bible pointed forward to Jesus. And specifically in Malachi, it is said, hey, before Messiah's come, before he comes, there's going to be somebody who's there saying, hey, this is Messiah coming. We're getting, he's coming. Just like a, a forerunner would go in front of a king mm-hmm. to go prepare the way. So Israel was always looking for the messenger for Messiah. They were looking for Elijah. In fact, at Passover, they would have a chair for Elijah, an right. empty chair, hoping that, and they would they would send their kids out at the end of it and say, maybe, maybe the forerunners here, maybe this is the year that Messiah will come to Jerusalem. And don't some Orthodox Jews still do that? Yeah, I think they yeah. do. And uh, and so, uh, in fact, in Malachi, uh, um, we're going to read it. Um, well, why don't you read Malachi three one, David? Yeah. Go read the whole verse there, Malachi three one. Yep. Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Okay, so. The Lord of hosts, that reminds me of, Ma- of Haggai. It does. Haggai. But, but yeah. notice what he said. Let's go back through that verse a little bit, okay? The, the, the Lord you seek will come to his temple. In John, the first place Jesus goes is the temple. Mm. Je- and Jesus is the messenger of the covenant there. It says, He's the messenger of the covenant. Messiah will be. And what does Jesus do in Matthew 5 through 7 on Sermon on the Mount? He he basically interprets the law for them, right? The covenant. He tells them, you say this is what it means, but this is what it really means. And he educates them. And remember, he says, I do not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. The law is no longer the schoolmaster when Messiah gets here. But Messiah fulfills the law, and so now we're Messiah's sons if we're his, if we're his followers. We don't follow a new set of rules that he lays down. We follow him. We Mm. follow a person. That's the whole point of Messiah and what he's saying there in Malachi 3.1, but he's saying a forerunner's coming. Well, let's go to the next part, Isaiah 43, which basically says the king is coming. So what Mark does is he takes verse 3 and 4 of chapter 1 in Mark, and I'm sorry, Mark 3, verse 3 and 4 of Isaiah 40, chapter 3, and he attaches it to Malachi 3, 1. And Isaiah is speaking to Israel about going into captivity in Babylon. You know, David, in the Old Testament, whenever these prophets would write or they would speak, they would have a near-term prediction they mm. would be talking about right. and a messianic right. prediction and so he's talking near term about them going into babylon and then god's going to bring them out did that happen of course it did there's a book <laughs> in the bible about it ezra there's another nehemiah and even haggai we talked about it right but mark takes these verses and what he says is he writes that the ultimate restoration of god's people is under messiah king jesus in fact over in Matthew 21, uh, Matthew 1, I mean, Matthew 1, when Jesus is about to be born, what does the angel say? You will call his name what? Yeshua. Mm. And Yeshua uh, means salvation. Mm-hmm. 
He will, you will call his name Yeshua and he will Yeshua his people from their sins. That's literally what his name means. He will save. And so he's, he's not saving them from Rome. <laughs> he's not saving them uh, from Babylon or Egypt or that's not what Messiah's purpose is. The purpose of Messiah is to save us from ourselves. Our problem isn't our government, our economy, our churches. Our problem is us. We are alienated from God because we're self-centered, rebellious, independent, living, wanting to be out of his command. You know, we don't want him leading us. And, and Jesus came to save us, to say, yes, you really do. I want to show you you want to follow me. Mm-hmm. You want and, to follow me. And Craig pointed this out, and I know you. That was from your notes, and I know you did this in 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 the in the sessions you taught. And and you know it seems obvious, but I think it's still good to be reminded. It was good for me to hear this. Jesus is his name, and it means salvation or God saves, right? Yeah. And Christ is his title. Yeah, right. That's, that's right. And maybe you were going to get to that. I'm well, sorry. Well, no, it's not his but, last name. Some right. people actually think that's, that's Jesus' right. last that's name. That's right. And and so it literally it means the King who saves. Yes, that's that's right. Because because the the term Christ is the Greek word for Messiah. Yeah. It's anointed one. That's what it means. And for the Jew to hear that term, the Lord's anointed one means his king Mm -hmm. so it's jesus the savior who is king or the king who saves Mm -hmm. like you said Mm -hmm. so uh and it's always been fascinating to me that we live in a time where there's lots of ministries and churches that actually teach that well you don't have to trust him as a king you know all you got to do is trust him as a savior and they make it almost a legalistic thing that you're surrendering to him as king and savior. He's both. You can't reject him as king and receive him as savior. That The spirit is not going to let you do that. Mm-hmm. If the Holy Spirit is the one drawing you, the Holy Spirit is the one redeeming you, you're going to recognize not only is he savior, he's king mm-hmm. and, the, and vice versa. So you're going to know that. And so... Uh, so Malachi and Isaiah are pointing to that, that the forerunners coming and Malachi was the last word of the Old Testament prophets. Then there's 400 years of silence. And if you remember what happens during that time, Babylon, Persia, Greece, Rome, all these, these uh, nations, the great civilizations come and go, right? And God says through his prophets, when you're at your lowest, that's when Messiah is going to come. Mm-hmm. Were they pretty low when Rome was ruling? Yeah, it had been one conquest after another. And and God had been silent mm-hmm. for 400 mm-hmm. years. Hey, hey, very does, very similar length of time to when they were in Egypt. Yeah, exactly. Hey, does God have to get us to our lowest place sometimes before we'll really listen to him? Mm-hmm. You bet. And so I want to go back to Malachi for a second because, again— these are the last words written to God's people before silence. And so go back to Malachi 4, read verses 4 through 6 real quick. Sorry. Malachi Lost 4. My place. Malachi I've 4, yep. verses 4 through 6. Okay. Uh, remember the law of my servant Moses, the statutes and rules 
that I commanded him at Horeb for all Israel. Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes, and he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. So, verse Boy, that's the last verse that's the last yeah. verse so verses four verse four says basically he's saying hey keep obeying my law verse five he says elijah the prophet is going to come before that great and awesome day and the great and awesome day is not a good day it's the day of judgment right and then verse six before god's final judgment god's elijah is going to come and turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, children of the fathers. You know what? That is a mark of a godly man who will come back and teach his children. The, the hearts of the fathers are not going to be just to themselves, to their children. Deuteronomy 6, 6 and 7 says, This law shall be on your heart. Teach it diligently to your children. Talk about it when? When you sit, when you walk, when you lie down, when you rise. Mm-hmm. We don't do that, David. I mean, where have all the godly men gone? The men who love God, who say, yes, we talk about his word. We we talk about it when we get up. You know, the, the, the Jewish people actually put God's law, the Shema, the, the greatest commandment, on their doorposts. Right. They all It's called a mezuzah, and they, they put it there. They yeah. It. Yep. Yeah. Everywhere. And so the hope of Messiah is he's going to bring about new birth for Israel and he's going to have final judgment. And sometimes we like to separate those two and think, well, God's either a judgment God or a loving God, but he's both. Yeah, he, both. He, and Absolutely. When we come back, we're going to talk about what John the Baptist, how did he prove he was that Elijah when we come back? We're going to take our last break here on SWAT Radio. Come on back after the break and we will see you then. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. Joshua 1.9 states, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Highway to Eternity Ministries is dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope. The ministry seeks to serve those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's word and share the encouraging testimonies of lives that have been transformed through God's power and grace. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. 
For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175 or visit www.highwaytoeternity.com. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a proud sponsor of SWAT Radio. The Florida Georgia Truth Network, on the air in Fernandina Beach at 91.3. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong at the end of the line. Will all the other not quite? Will all the never get it right? But it turns out they're the ones you were looking for all this time. Cause I'm just a no. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Doug McCary with you. Uh, glad to be here. Brad Sykes is out this week, and we want to keep Brad in our prayers. His, his, it's his youngest daughter, right, Hannah. that's getting yep. married uh, this yep. weekend. And and Brad thought it best to be a helpful husband and father this week. Oh, I think that was probably a wise choice. <laughs> in, in prepping for uh, his daughter's wedding. Yeah, so uh, good, good, jo- good job, Brad. Good job. So, yeah, that was a wise choice. So, anyway. And who do you have with you tomorrow? Craig. Oh, Craig Craig's is coming back be here tomorrow. tomorrow. Okay, and good. Monday. Good. I, I told him he's uh, he's auditioning for your spot, man. He's, he's, he's working well, hard. Well, he does a great job. He can He can do every bit of what I can do. Uh, well, he's good. Well, hey, so, you know, we finished, like, before we went to the break, we're in Malachi 4, 4 through 6. This is the last thing God's people hear before 400 years of silence. Mm. The next time God speaks, the next prophet for God is John the Baptist. And um, and so why was John the Baptist called Elijah? Uh, well, because Elijah was the head of the prophetic order. When you think of prophets, right, uh, like, you know, people say, well, Moses was a prophet. He was. Moses was considered a prophet, too. I think that's uh, indicated in the text. But when you think of the prophets, anytime you're thinking of the prophets, Elijah is the one that comes to mind. In fact, on the Mount of Transfiguration, who was there representing the prophets? Mm, that's right. It was Elijah. Right. Moses was there representing the law. Elijah was there representing the prophets. Because even though Moses was a prophet of God, he represents the law to people. Right. And so um, Messiah is always pointed to by the law and the prophets. Yeah. And so Elijah is going to be God's strategic pointer to Messiah. That's what Malachi is saying. No one else can restore or judge other than Messiah, not Muhammad, not Buddha, not Zeus. Um, and the only one who can point to that Messiah, according to the Bible, that we can know is is right is the forerunner or the Elijah. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and, and it's really interesting when you think about prophets in general, and I covered this when we went through Haggai. And I talked about the prophetic order a while ago. The prophetic order is this. Prophets preach God's word, right? They proclaim his word as God's mouthpieces. But then they call people and exhort them to live by that word. And when the people don't, what do they do? Then they tell the people, if you disobey God's word, this is what's going to happen. You're going to experience this consequence. And then the prophets 
give the people hope in God that he will restore them if they will what? If they repent. Mm -hmm. And so Malachi saying the next voice you hear will be Elijah. And guess who comes along 400 years later, John the Baptist. And we're going to look at him tomorrow as the marker, the marker of Messiah, right? The one who's got, think of him as a laser pointer pointing to Jesus saying, he's the guy, Mm -hmm. you know, he's the guy. And so Mark, as he's writing this, let's go back to the context of what's going on. Mark is writing to Roman people to say, listen, here's the euangelion. Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. There's a king born, okay? There's a king who saves, who's the son of deity. He's the son of the one true living God, the son of Yahweh. And his messengers have come before him preparing the way, Malachi, Isaiah, and John the Baptist, which he's going to get into uh, in verses four through six, which we'll look at tomorrow. Hmm. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I've mentioned this before, and uh, people, but I don't mean to be redundant with it, but I've talked about how I heard this from Alistair Begg, and I know Alistair Begg got this somewhere else. But when we talk about the whole Bible being about Jesus, the summary that Begg gave is the Old Testament is Jesus predicted. And that's exactly what you're talking about here, that the, the prophets, the law and the prophets pointed to Jesus, right? So yeah. G, the Old Testament is Jesus predicted, and the Gospels are Jesus revealed. And John the Baptist is revealing who Jesus is, as did the writers of the Gospels. And then, I'm sorry, just to finish that off, and then Acts is Jesus preached, the letters and the epistles are Jesus explained, and Revelation is Jesus anticipated. That's and that's good. always been a great way for me. I to... always heard Old Testament Jesus concealed. Is that what you said? Well, I said predicted. Well, well yeah. So, yeah, he concealed, concealed but predicted, concealed. but pointed to. Yeah, you got to put the conceal part because they didn't know. <laughs> no. Because, you know, what Jesus said, the only reason I bring that up is because Jesus said there were many kings who wanted to see what you mm-hmm. see. Right. They never saw it. Think right. about it. Right. Abraham. Right. Is, is you know Moses all these guys throughout history yep. did not know you know they didn't they knew he was coming they right. believed he was coming um in fact they even helped predict that he would come right but yeah, that, but, but but the disciples were there yeah. when it happened yeah and the most unlikely you know if you ask the average Jewish person right who's who's Messiah going to reveal himself to they would have thought, oh, the priests and the Pharisees and the, you know, the higher ups, and he revealed himself or called closest to himself the the fishermen. Yeah, the people who failed out of rabbi school. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't make it, yep. and yet Jesus went to them and said, "You guys are the ones I'm going to take." And he took, you know, and I go back to this, and you know this from going to Israel with me. He took these guys. Five of them came from the same small fishing village. Right. This little podunk fishing village called Bethsaida. Yeah. He took these guys and they literally changed the course of history. Think about if you're out there, I just want you to think for a second. Every Christian hospital, every Christian orphanage, every Christian painting, every Christian book, every Christian institution, every church would not have been here. Mm-hmm. 
had Messiah not come. Right. And 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 the, the disciples were the messengers after Messiah came, hmm. right? And we are messengers, just like Malachi and Isaiah were beforehand, like John the Baptist were was beforehand. Um, we are the messengers now. Yep. And we have the responsibility to tell people, hey, the king has come, and he's the king who saves. And I'm excited about this week, believe it or not. Uh, not that I would ever really get excited about the scriptures, but I do a lot. Uh, and this week, we're looking at really five verses. It's and This is what's so amazing about Mark, right? Mark takes the baptism of Jesus and the temptation of Jesus and reduces it to five verses. Mm. He just gets down to brass tacks, right? right? He just says, <clears throat> okay, this happened. <laughs> well, and, and, and because we know that, that Mark was so close with Peter and probably is giving the account that Peter gave him, we know that Peter must have been that way in some ways. Maybe oh, maybe Peter was Peter concise was, well, like we, this we and to the point. Pe- and, yeah, we yeah. know Peter was an yeah. action guy, yeah, right? Absolutely. Uh, he jumps out of the boat. I mean, he's he, you know he's right. he's an action guy. But right. all that to say, this week when we get into the baptism of Jesus, um, what was the significance of what God said? So here here's a here's a question for you, Dave, and for guys and girls who are listening uh ladies and men uh just want to be all inclusive there um when when god said what he said what was the significance of his statements Mm. what is he saying what is going on um if you want to know if you're a guy and you live in northeast florida you can come to swat on wednesday because I'm, that's, that's exactly what we're going to deal with this week. Or you can listen to the radio next week. We'll talk about it. But this voice came and it says, you're my beloved son. With you, I'm well pleased. What is what is the significance of that? It, it, it's not just a dad saying, hey, I'm proud of you. Right. There, there's biblical. What 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 is Jesus and what does God do? What is a whole... They always go back to the text. There's a text that they're referencing there, and he followed. God follows that up with, "Listen to him." Right? Doesn't well, God no, say no, no, that no. as that's well? That's on the mountain. Oh, that's on the mountain. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that that's on the mountain. Okay. Uh, he does say it very similar, but he adds on the Mount of Transfiguration. Listen to him, because Peter and 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 the disciples that are there, John and James, can hear that. But it says at the baptism, right? People heard what they thought was thunder, and only some heard. The voice, the actual words. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so this is what we're going to be looking at this week. This and his temptation in the wilderness, which is the desert, basically. And um, the, the two pretty significant events that are always together in the scriptures. Uh, and so, but but just to recap today one more time, uh, we, we talked about the message yesterday being one way God reveals the good news, an announcement, the euangelion. Today we talked about his messengers, which is from the Old Testament, the prophets that spoke about the messenger coming who's going to point to Messiah. We talked about Malachi, Isaiah, but they're really representative of all the prophets. Mm. All the prophets were pointing to right. Messiah, and and then John the Baptist is the guy that is that Messiah. And tomorrow... That is the forerunner of that Messiah. Yeah, he is the one who's that one who goes ahead. And tomorrow, we're going to look at him as the marker. 
He is the one that we can know without a doubt Jesus is Messiah because John the Baptist was the pointer to him. Right. He was the marker that, yes, this is the promised Messiah. And then ultimately, Messiah himself is the the way God reveals the good news. We know because of the things he did and that what John said, he's going to baptize with the Holy Spirit. We're going to look at that tomorrow too. So a lot to cover coming up on SWAT Radio this week, and we hope you'll join us. Uh, Doug, thanks for having me. I'm gone for a couple of weeks to see my wife, who's been gone for a while. We'll be back in the middle of October, and hopefully Brad and I will be back on on Friday, and see you soon. Yeah, and our guest on Thursday, again, is Virgil Walker of Just Thinking Podcast and G3 Ministries. And David, always great to be with you in the studio. Thanks, Doug. See you soon, everyone. Giddy up.